to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sigurdur, an Icelandic sexologist. You hear that? What do you think it is? I'm going to do it again. I am in Turku, Finland, naked in the sauna. Yeah, baby. So I'm by myself in the sauna. There's nobody. Whoa, Jesus, it just got hot really fast. Let's move it down a notch. Didn't realize that you shouldn't put, you shouldn't put two ladles of water over the hot stones. So I guess this is what... Yeah, this is probably the difference between sauna and what's the other thing called steam room, I guess. This might not be good for the phone. I guess I'll realize that later on. But so, yeah, I am in Turku in Finland. And when you're in Finland, you take a sauna. Or you have a sauna. You might not take a sauna, but you have a sauna. And I figured I have to take a sauna. It's like what you do. And already I'm sweating buckets over here. But it's just like so relaxing. So I'm at this conference. It's the NACS uh, Nordic Association of Clinical Sexologists. Although I am not a clinical sexologist, I am still a part of this association. Being that I am the president of the Icelandic Sexology Association. Um, so I'm, I'm in Finland, in Turku, like I've said, and this conference started today and is going to run through Sunday, and I love going to conferences. I love it. I love meeting like-minded people, spending all day talking about sex and nothing else, and being able to be as dirty or as... I don't know, I guess you could say dirty as you want to. Like seriously, people are, everybody here is like, uh-huh, I get it. I get you, I get what you're doing, I get your work, I'm in the same kind of work as you and we're just all on the same page. And that's actually quite freeing when you're a sexologist because it's not not necessarily that many people actually get what you're doing or, or what you're saying or have a very narrow view of the world and people's sexuality and how they express their sexual being and often are totally focused just from themselves and how they see the world. So so I love these conferences. They're like a boost of vitamin right in the butt. But, sitting on my butt in the warm sun, I feel so nice. And this is one of the things I love about conferences as well. So I have this really nice hotel room. It's such a luxury being able to do this. I have a really nice hotel room and I am thinking about ordering in. Mm -hmm, heard that correctly. I'm thinking about ordering um, just, I don't know, a nice beef burger on a brioche bread with some homemade mayonnaise and truffle parmesan french fries and maybe I'll, I'll check if they have chocolate milk or something it's just pure decadence before I have to get down to business and actually have some meetings and I have a presentation which it, it actually got me thinking because um 
my presentation. Um, I'll be yeah, well, I'll be talking on Saturday, and today's Thursday, and I just got in. So my presentation is about nudity, and that's why this got me talking, uh, got me thinking. So I was when I arrived at this hotel, the um, Hotel Sas Blue Marina, Ratisson Sas Blue Marina here in um, Turku. Um, the the woman who was checking me in, she was like, okay, so you know that we have a sauna and these are the opening hours and, and it's free. And, and I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't bring a swimsuit. She's like, oh, you don't, don't worry about it. You can wear a bikini. You can wear a swimsuit. You can be naked. It's just whatever is your fancy. And I'm like, oh, I'm loving this Finland thing already. So I'm like, I can be naked. She's like, yeah, it's a gendered sauna. And I'm like, interesting. So um, I asked a colleague of mine, I was like, hey, I'm going to go into the sauna. Do you want to join me? And actually, the colleague is a he. And I, I, I had forgotten about the gender thing of it. So I was like, hey. And he's like, oh, no, it's not my thing. So I'm like, oh, okay, anyways, that's what I'm going to go do. And I thought about it. And here I was, you know, I'm alone in this sauna room. There's nobody here in the changing room. There's nobody in the showers. And there's nobody in the sauna with me. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm fine with going in here alone. But then I thought about it, like, if it were not gendered, like, why would I be unsafe? safe if this were just an open sauna to hotel guests like why would I be wary of taking taking off my clothes in the changing rooms or showering but naked or even sitting here but naked it's like why is there safety in the fact that there will only be women allowed in here and you know there's no guard here there's nobody who checks their genitals or a gender identity you know it's just this sign up front that says you know this uh, stick figure person in a dress that you're supposed to think okay this means women and women only and I'm guessing this means vulva holders I'm guessing there might be people might get upset if you were in the sauna and somebody and all of a sudden somebody even though presenting as a female might um, show up with a penis and it, it just got me thinking it's, it's really interesting because you know in Iceland um, we go to the swimming pools a lot we have these local swimming pools and there the um, the changing rooms are gendered okay and they're even so gendered that as soon as a child starts going to school they need to go to uh, a locker room like with their own designated gender um, so if I take my son to go swimming, or this will apply actually next year, this applies to my daughter this year. So if she goes with her dad to the swimming pool, she has to go alone through the changing rooms. And like, I am not that uncomfortable with it. Like she's quite all right and sem uh, very self-sufficient and she's going to the through the ladies changing room. But when I thought about my son, like next year, he will have to go through a changing room by himself. Well, he's a different personality from my daughter. I'm not sure he, how he'll adjust to it. But I was thinking, I'm like, oh, here I am spreading my vulva. Ugh, it feels so nice just to be able to sit like really girl spreading it because we're talking about gender and stuff. Um, so I, and, and I don't know. It bothered me. It bothers me more that he has to go by himself through the men's locker room than it does for my daughter to go through the woman's locker room. And that I find very, very interesting. Because also we see the data on um, who commits crimes. And yeah, it is um, mostly 
penis holding man, which is very, very interesting. Like, because um, we have these issues now, people are saying, you know, what are we supposed to do with trans individuals? Where are they supposed to go change before they go to the swimming pool or even, you know, just in circumstances where they have to use the bathroom or change? And, and I'm thinking, you know what? People, it's not that penis havers in the world are dangerous per se. It's not that like, oh my God, there's a penis haver. I need to protect myself because penis havers are extremely violent or dangerous. But it's those few that are, they seem to possess a penis in more or less, you know, most frequent cases. And... I'm not sure that that would actually apply to the trans community. That I, I'm not sure that we have data that the that trans indivi- individuals are especially aggressive or prone to violent outbursts. I'm not sure we have any such data because I'm not sure that such data exists. Not to say that trans people um, are one unique group or that they cannot, you know, show violence or whatever. But I'm just saying, who are these people? Who are these penis holders? That actually do show violence and where are they and how can we get other people around us to actually say you know what penis holder you need to check your penis right now because you are showing high levels of aggression and I was thinking about this I mean in the um like in the swimming pools oh my god getting dizzy in here it's so so I totally fried my phone in the sauna and I and it all of a sudden just stopped recording and stopped working and I couldn't do anything like it just would not function so I am back in my hotel room and I had the most amazing experience in the sauna I got like a little um foot soak and I had like a mini water massage on my back in the showers and it's just this is what I call self-care. Now I just need to eat something and then I'll be good to go. I have a meeting in um, two hours time downstairs in the hotel bar. Although, you know, I, in all fairness, my hotel room is so nice that I should just have a meeting here. It's like cozy and everything. But, you know, if we sit downstairs, we're going downstairs. I, I forgot to ask if you're allowed to drink the water here in Turku. If Finland water is safe from the tap I'm guessing it is but you know you never know um yeah so I was was thinking about this gender thing and this um so apparently I just went into the gender sauna by mistake so I figured out that there's another sauna that I just didn't didn't realize was there and I think that's a mixed sauna but this whole thing just puzzles me why we are the way we are about nudity like I get that it's complex it has various reasons and hopefully I'll answer some of those questions on Saturday when I pose them but um but still I'm like okay but why would it be like and I think it goes back to um this inherent notion that women's bodies are arousing to men and all men should find a woman's body arousing, or the, especially if she is deemed attractive by societal standards, um, and if she is unattractive by societal standards, and he is still aroused, I guess that said man might have to question himself, like, oh, is it because it's been too long since I've had sex, or is it because there's nobody else around, or is it because I'm just thinking about sex and nothing else? Like, why am I attracted to a person that I don't find 
attractive. Um, but so it, and I think it's this inherent notion, and it's not inherent. It's just been a long for. It's been around for a long, long time. You know, it goes. It dates really does date back to Adam and Eve, and the whole thing about the original sin and um, Eve having to wear clothes and Adam and stuff like that. But um, this notion that that somehow nudity signals sex. So if you're nude, that in somehow signals that you are up and willing. Whereas I think situation plays into this, gender plays into this, uh, relationship, age, you have all these various factors and culture, obviously, um, and religion. You have all these various factors that you have to take into consideration each and every time there is nakedness on display. And I find that so very interesting. And of course, when you look at it in today's society, when you have a thing such as social media, Facebook and Instagram, where you have a code and the code says no nudity allowed, I don't actually understand how they wrote the code so that they can differentiate between male nipple and female nipple. Like, I, I don't really get how that code was written. Like, what's the, what's the, I don't know what's the secret formula behind that one, you know, because men are allowed to be topless on social media, whereas women are not, which is very, very strange. So, so like, if there's curvature around the nipple, you know, like under said nipple or in a certain radius of that nipple, uh, is it that? Is it then banned, or is that why it's banned, or how? I don't, I don't get it. But it, I think it's this inherent notion that it's arousing, and if it's arousing, it, it can be deemed pornographic, pornographic, or um, somehow, um, what, what, what's the word when they say that um, it's not proper, not. It's, it's not up to. Uh, yeah, it's not proper. I guess. I guess. That's the word, although it's not the word that I'm looking for. Ah, it may come to me. But anyway, so this nudity thing has gotten me thinking. It's got me thinking a lot. And now you have all these rules, like I'm going to Spain in a little bit. And there uh, you often see in restaurants like men must wear shirts. And I see it in Costco as well. Costco is like men must wear shirts and I think socks with closed shoes closed shoes or something there are all these rules and i i wonder you know are they because of hygiene or oh, oh offended that's what i was looking for are other people offended by other people's nudity and what plays into that is that a body image issue so would it be more okay if said person that is nude were very attractive would you then be like hmm I wonder oh look at that person but if that person weren't you know societally attractive would that be more disruptive to have that nude body on display and I just you know because especially maybe because I am a mother and I have gone through gone th through three pregnancies full term And it changes your body and it makes you think differently, or at least it does for me. It makes you think differently about your relationship to your body and, and to nudity as well and what your body can do and how it can perform. So like for me, um, when I'm naked, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm such a sexy being. This is me arousing somebody. It's just like, here I am. I'm naked. You know, you could, by societal standards, um, critique various things, but... It's just me naked, you know, no questions, no argument, no discussion needed. But 
that's not necessarily the way people think about it because often like in relationships nudity signals sex so if a person is sleeping nude if they haven't discussed that in the relationship that might signal sex to somebody so i'm wondering does nudity mean different things for different sexual orientations because nudity is so often in a heterosexual relationship something that a man picks up uh, picks up as sign of sex is you know imminent or sex is okay because that's also what is reflected in culture or in like um popular media so this is i mean these are just some of the questions that i uh, will pose here in turku i don't know if i'll find any answers but i'm hoping to spark a debate and i'm hoping that we think about nudity and where we want to take it and how we want to approach it because we see a little bit of a backwards slide we're not approaching the we're not appreciating the body more it seems like we're regulating it more and of course then i have to talk about because i've been talking about what is beauty and is and we know that beauty affects um how people are treated so then we have to talk about this obesity epidemic and how the and i'm not saying that there is an obesity epidemic i'm saying how this is all framed and how bodies are framed and i think this all plays into the, into this So asking the question, what's the deal with nudity? It's actually a huge topic that goes into so many, it goes into every corner of the world and goes into so many different thoughts, ideas, questions, conflicts. And there there cannot be one answer, but at least we pose the question. And, and in this question, there is ethics and there's regulations and there's moralism and there's sentiment and there's pleasure, but there's also so pain so we'll see how it goes i had a dress especially made for me my um brother one of my brothers is a clothes designer and he just started a new label in iceland oh, he's studied under um henry Wips, Wipskopf from denmark for those of you who know that um, label it's awesome it's knitwear and his knitwear my brother's is inspired by like a south american latina kind of um peru as well um kind of prints and colors and we got a goodie bag when we got here i just ate some vulva candy uh it was pink and was like a gummy bear and black penis i just bit the penis in half it was quite big for me and it had a licorice flavor which i'm not very fond of when it comes to like gummy things so yeah and then the goodie bag we had um we had we had we had what is this yeah it's a razor we had some cream we had shave gel we had intimate cream we had condom we had vagisy which are vaginal tablets which i think are just like good for you um we had Uh, some menstrual pads and tampons and a lip balm which is awesome because i was meaning to buy a lip balm but here it is free for me and i might do a little bit of a recap of this conference so you just know what's going on what people have been talking about what's the freshest thing straight out of turku finland i think i'm gonna go order that burger and maybe i'll be naughty and get a side of beer mm-hmm. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sikaduck.com. See you guys later.